Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she is away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. Many people associate the term yoga with exercise. Kriya Yoga is a wider system, including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya Yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today, our topic on the Yoga Hour is Ageless Wisdom, Lifelong Yoga Practice. And I am joined by Lilius Folan, who is a master yoga teacher known by one name, Lilius. Her excellent reputation prompted Time Magazine to dub her the Julia Child of Yoga. Lilius began her yoga journey in 1963 and began teaching yoga in 1967. Lilius studied with several renowned teachers, including Swami Vishnu Devananda of the Shivananda lineage, Swami Chidananda of the Divine Life Society, Rishikesh, India, and Swami Muktananda. In 1972, Lilius hosted and co-produced the nationally syndicated PBS series, Lilius, Yoga, and You. Today, the series is still running on many stations across the U.S. and Canada with an audience that includes housewives, athletes, executives, seniors, Olympians, artists, members of Congress, and a former president of the United States. Lilius continues to teach and is a frequent presenter at yoga conferences, workshops, and yoga teacher training programs. And her website is liliasyoga.com. That's L-I-L-I-A-S yoga.com. Welcome, Lilius Folan. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Oh, Laurel, thank you so much. I'm absolutely thrilled, and I I always get a little awestruck when I hear that introduction. (laughs) Oh, my dear. It has been quite a journey, my gracious. It has been quite a journey. Yes, and we'll have time to reflect on that a little bit on today's show. But before we begin to enter into our dialogue about ageless wisdom, lifelong yoga practice, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Om. 
Let's begin by bringing our attention to our bodies, wherever we are right now. Just bring yourself present by noticing how your body is sitting or standing. Just be present right where you are. Now let's turn our attention to our breath, noticing its natural flow. Not trying to change it, just noticing as we inhale and exhale. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. In this moment, we let our mind drop down into our heart as we open our hearts to the divine. One reality, called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present as you as me, as everyone and everything. Within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change, beyond thought and sensation. Pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being. We allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. as we allow ourselves to rest in our inner peaceful depths. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. So, Lilius Folan, once again, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Oh, thank you so much. That was such a beautiful meditation. Thank you so much. Good for me, really. <laughs> I always find it's a lovely way to start. It is. It is. So, so speaking of starting, how, how did you first become interested in yoga? Well, I, I was, I've been just a young married, not... Newly married, but I've been married for about five years. Wonderful husband in New York area, New York City area, mm-hmm. and two small children. But I just said to my mother-in-law one day, I am so tired, and uh, my back aches. And uh, I was smoking about a half a pack of cigarettes a day, and, and I just, gosh. And so she said, Louise, go get a physical checkup. You haven't had time for that. So I went and got a physical checkup. Doc said, clean bill of health, Lilius. And, uh, and uh, he said, but uh, really, get involved in an exercise program. And I thought, well, gee, you know, he's probably right. Uh, I'm an athlete. I, you know, all my high school years, I was on a, you know, hockey. And uh, 
So I, I uh, read a book, actually, on yoga, youth, and reincarnation, and it, it just spoke to me because it was interesting. I found most other exercises kind of boring, but mm. this yoga business was interesting, and he talked about the benefits that he received, just Stern, and, uh, and one was physical health and how his body changed it, but he also talked about uh, not just spiritual health, but his mental health. And I thought, oh, that is really um, speaking to me because um, my mental health, depression, sadness had, had been has been followed me a lot of my life. So I found an exercise program in Stanford, Connecticut, and honestly, the first uh, first day I walked out of class, I felt better, began to sleep better, back was better, and smoking gave me up in about three months. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and I, I just, uh, but I, I was watching yoga in black and white television uh, as I was sort of nursing my second child and, and uh, finishing that up, and uh, I thought, this is pretty interesting. So gradually I, I, I watched black and white television and also went to my classes in Stanford, Connecticut. And in about a year of watching uh, television of black and white, I, I thought to myself, gee, I can... Maybe I could do that better. And uh, it was the only thought that I had, but uh, that was sort of a little seed that was dropped at that time. Mm. That was in Connecticut. Oh, that's great. So you've been involved in yoga for many years and have seen remarkable changes, you know, I think, over that period of time. So what would you say is the most significant change you've seen uh, during the time that you've been involved in yoga or maybe the most surprising one? Oh, for me, I think the most exciting was really a couple of years ago when uh, colleges and universities began to have uh, yoga in their in their their curriculum, and that was something that I always wanted was that kind of respect uh, that this just just wasn't for our dear YWCA's and that's where it was taught. There was not a yoga center. When I first moved to Cincinnati, there were no yoga centers. Mm. But uh, I uh, to have um, someone from the our theater ask to you know to have yoga classes in that theater, uh, the college classes uh, uh, that was real respect, and it was that kind of respectfulness that this wasn't peculiar, uh, and that's what really people thought in the beginning that this was really peculiar, something <laughs> very very uh, from another planet, and. Uh, and honestly, I got little letters that said, it's the work of the devil. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we've, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so you've, um, you've taught yoga, obviously very widely, including on television, and, um, and have developed this Lilius Yoga. So what is Lilius Yoga? Well, there, I like to also say there really is no Lilius Yoga. There's no name like that. But uh, uh, it's a style of yoga that that I I developed, I think, because I would come into a television studio and I'd teach to a red light, and there'd be no uh, there's no students there. But I had to imagine that there in the red light was someone who was 14 years old, 40 or 80. So if you, the style is, if you can't do it this way, try it this way. Be very cautious. Boy, we have so many replaced knees and hips these days that mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that, that I would, uh, would imagine. So if you can't do it this way with your hip, no pain, no pain. Sweet discomfort maybe, but no pain. And uh, so it was very good for the mind uh, and just... I was able to translate it then. In fact, when I came and taught to face-to-face with people, it was odd. I didn't quite know what those people were sitting in front of me because <laughs> I'd never seen them before. Where's my red light? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I began to study yoga. Um, I, we lived in New York. Uh, but before we moved to Cincinnati, India was coming to New York City, and that was, what, in the early, early, or late 60s. So we had all these wonderful people from India that were just these lovely uh, 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 teachers, and very few women. And the one woman that I met was Mataji Indra Devi, who was just a light, just a beauty. But she was one of the few. There were very, very few women 
yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. But I was very blessed to, to get the enthusiasm from these uh, swamis, and Goswami Kriyananda was also part of it, and get their enthusiasm and support. And, and really, that's, how, that's the foundation. Mm. So you uh, have written uh, a book, which I really enjoyed, by the way, Lilius Yoga, Your Guide to Enhancing Body, Mind, and Spirit in Midlife and Beyond. And one of the things that you mentioned there is that yoga gets better with age. So what, what do you mean, yoga gets better with age? Well, I think I mean this on many levels that um, consciousness is something that, that changes, and, and it's a really hard for us as human beings to put that into words. But um, I think the change that I have, the, just the changing that I have seen in my own self, is to you, Laurel, me, Lilius, ask yourself, oh, listener, am I the same person as I was 25 years ago? Right. And if I ask myself that question, I come back to now, and I know that I have changed, I've grown, I've deepened, and uh, that is consciousness expanding. And so yoga in its way has, that's why it's so interesting, and I've been, uh, and I think many of us keep going back again and again, because it is so interesting. Fifty years ago, they said they had the same old downward-facing dog, but, right. <laughs> but it's just, um, it constantly evolves, it's constantly interesting, and, uh, and then there's the mind, and mm-hmm. we don't forget about thought and thinking and a- asking the question, you know, who am I? What, what is this, this, this spirit, this light, love? So it, it is always evolving and very, very interesting because you're interesting. Mm. Really. So one of the, one of the things that, that you talk about in the book is the seasons um, of life. And one of the things that, that uh, I've noticed as I've aged is I think just different things become important. And we, we talked about, I talked about in the introduction how yoga is much more than just the physical part, although that's what, when you say you're involved in yoga or you're a yoga teacher, what people think about is mm-hmm. just the physical postures. Mm-hmm. But it really is so much more, and it does have to do with, you know, not just your body, but your, you know, your mind, as you said, your emotions, and your spirit. And I think that there's something in, as we age, that those things become more prominent, I think. Um, the questions that you just asked, you know, who, who am I? And um, what's lovely about yoga is that it has so much... Um, so much room to explore all of those aspects of ourselves. Really, and I—I I, sort of how I was came into the planet was I was always very, very interested in the spiritual journey, and interested in all branches. And when I began to teach, one of the groups that I taught to were uh, just Semini. I'm not saying it correctly. Just Semini. Uh, so some of the monasteries, the mm. the uh, Catholic monasteries that were really interested, and I just that that this essence of yoga can be used on in all spiritual traditions if yes. if they want to, and that's always brought much joy to my heart, mm-hmm. and uh, is that it can be used in in all traditions, and yes. it keeps growing and deepening. Yes, and that's how yoga gets better with age. Yeah. So then ter- turning it around then, so how is aging better with yoga? Uh, I think it, I know it gives you and me skills. The, this body is not the same as it was 25 or 30, 40 years ago. I'm not doing the same postures, nor am I, I'm not doing uh, certain postures, but I don't stand on my head, that kind of thing. But uh, it... Uh, when I have little bumps in the road and some big bumps in the road, I have the skills to deal with them. Honestly, three years ago, now maybe now maybe three years ago, uh, I had breast cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, it was to, I used all the skills of relaxation, of breathing, in chemotherapy. Uh, uh, I would practice the relaxation when I felt fearful of, you know, poking at veins and, and, you know, just those uncomfortable things, or losing my hair. My Mm. goodness, I was known I could walk in San Francisco with a long braid, and the taxi driver would say, hi, lawyers. (laughs) 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 But, uh, gosh, a couple of years ago, it all came out, and 
You know, you look at yourself and you go, wow, I'm not my hair. And it comes back, and if people look at the website, you'll see, I have silver hair today, and it's really very lovely. And it's thick and it's curly, but what a lesson. I am not my hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that was a, a, a real sort of a skill, a, um, and that you develop those skills to when we have bumps in the road, and we all will. Yes, indeed. And with that, we've come to our first break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest, master yoga teacher and author, Lilius Folan, host and co-producer of the PBS series, Lilius, Yoga and You. Lilius has written several books on yoga, including the one we're discussing today, Lilius Yoga, Your Guide to Enhancing Body, Mind and Spirit in Midlife and Beyond. Her website is Lilius Yoga. Dot com and that's L-I-L-I-A-S yoga.com. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll explore the yoga journey. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Lilius Folan, master yoga teacher and author of several books on yoga, including Lilius Yoga. Your Guide to Enhancing Body, Mind, and Spirit in Midlife and Beyond. Her website is liliasyoga.com, which is L-I-L-I-A-S yoga.com. In this segment, we'll be discussing the yoga journey. The yoga tradition is a spiritual path that provides practices to deepen our understanding and experience of our essential spiritual nature. 
Lilius, you describe yoga as a journey for which we need to pack a bag with certain essential provisions, which you also describe as spiritual muscles. I really loved, I really loved the list that you gave in your book. So I wanted to discuss some of them here, uh, such as the witness self, concentration, detachment, and self-study. So when we talk about the witness self, what, what is that actually? And why is it so important on our yoga journey? Oh, yes, it really, uh, the observer self, and uh, and the yogis gave it a beautiful name, uh, in Sanskrit name, Sakshin, S-A-K-S-H-I-N, and <clears throat> I like to say I call it one of my best friends, and uh, really is kind of fun to share this with you. Uh, the witness is centered in the present moment. Uh, the memories of the past, the concerns of the future uh, aren't uh, not connected so much, but it's the, um, the self-accepting in both failure and as well as success. And judge is not. Boy, that was a huge one for me, that the witness within me judges not. I had a very, very highly developed uh, judge in there. And uh, I like to say when we do classes, please leave your judge's robe at the door <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when you come in. And that yeah. then becomes a practice. And uh, I'd like to maybe share with our listeners just briefly uh, when uh, to get in touch, at least in the beginning, is just to close the eyes softly and be, just observe the feeling within, say, where your feet are to the earth or in your shoes where you're seated in a chair, the warmth of where you're seated in a chair, being aware of feeling the back of the chair, where your hands are, watching for a moment the inside of your mouth. We carry a lot of tension in the jaw. Slide your tongue behind your front upper teeth for a moment. And then watch the breathing and the, the cool as, it, as, you, as you breathe in, the warm as you breathe out. And watch how it breathes you the pauses between the breaths. And then you can say, you know, who's watching? Who's watching? Who's, who's watching? And, uh, oh, it just, and starting with something that's simple and, and that you care about and that, that you're, we're interested in, it really, really helps um, because I, I love uh, my friend uh, Stephen Cope said that uh, it, the psychologists believe that the seer uh, when insufficiently developed, we suffer and become over-identified with thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. And without the still point of the witness, we feel fragmented and fragile. And that's what, oh, that's what's given me strength, and I think all, all of our students is that strength. I'm not my thinking. Mm-hmm. Wow, is yeah. that ever a relief? And when you begin to, exactly. we begin to see chatter and, and uh, you know, oh, gosh, I'm not my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Although I need my thoughts, well, you bet I do. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I need my thoughts to think. But right. uh, it's so like what you said. Earl- it's like what you said earlier. You know about our bodies. You know changing because some people think, well, I'm my body. Well, which body would that be? Would that be your five year old self? Your fifteen year old <laughs> self? You know, your twenty five year old self? Which one? You know, mm-hmm. and if and if you know, clearly our bodies have changed. So really, has yourself changed? So it is that, you know, that getting in touch with that witness, that seer, that is the, 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 uh, awareness that we have of all of those bodies that was definitely there for all those bodies, but that yeah. we are not those bodies in the same way, you know, your thoughts are constantly changing. So if we are our thoughts, well, wow, we were one thought a minute ago and maybe not even a minute ago, a millisecond ago, and now we're on to, the grocery list or whatever, it's like, well, mm-hmm. you, you realize, well, I can't be my thoughts then because there's something that's aware of my thoughts. So what is And that? I can, <clears throat> and I have the skill to quiet them down when I have worries and concerns. Some of them need to be, some of them do need to be developed, and I'm not a Pollyanna, and nor you. I mean, I need to, but in this, in this world that is so uncontrollable, it's swirling around us, there is such a, a strength in grounding 
thy feet. And boy, I practice this daily. Mm-hmm. Is it is that grounding imagery of growing long roots from my feet into the earth and mm-hmm. growing the hands into the earth and sending a tailbone like a vine down into the earth. And mm-hmm. it really steadies me and I'm in the present moment. Again, it's a practice and, and I'm I'm just I'm not there, but I, I something that I do Daily, hourly, because uh, I can do something about this, this layers of lily has fallen, but I can't do uh, uh, anything sometimes of, you know, what's going on on the planet. Right. I can send them love and peace and healing. That I can do. But, uh, no, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a practice. It's very, very interesting because you and I are different than we were 25 years ago or 40 years yeah. ago. But I will say, too, my teacher would say, one of them, Swami Chidananda, who you mentioned, is that when I have a discomfort in the body or a pain in the body, because I know intellectually, this is a temporary boat, as he used to say. The body mm. is a temporary boat. But nothing brings me back to the body. It's when I have a, you know, a pain in the back or a neck or, you know, or, you know gosh, I've got breast cancer, you know, hoo-hoo, come on. So uh, it's, uh, again and again, uh, uh, interesting practice. But so your, your, pack, your packing list that we've been discussing also includes one-pointed attention. So what are the benefits of building our capacity for this one-pointed attention, and, and how do we do it? Oh, I, was that the det- detachment, aparigraha? Uh, I love saying it. I'm, I, folks at home want to practice it, ah. Parigraha. <laughs> ah, parigraha. Yes. yes, isn't that great? Good, yeah. I can hear you all. <laughs> yeah. But, so the, uh, one, the, the one no, point no, of attention I, I, I was meaning was, was the concentration, that ability to focus, you know, our attention on one point, on one thing. And then the detachment, the parigraha, that's also, you know, that's also on our list. Um, so either one that you'd like to talk about. Well, I think the detachment is the part that I've been working on because we've downsided. And uh, when you move from a bigger house to a smaller house, you just have this challenge of China where that you've been hoarding, Lily, is, and just look at my closet. I mean, I, I move, I, when I looked, I, I had 10 pairs of black pants. Now, folks, do I need 10 <laughs> pairs of black pants? No. <laughs> and then you have the dress that you wore when your sister got married, and this was for Christmas. And, and so I am looking uh, at our attachments and, and with some humor and, uh, and found, okay, I've got to give some of this away. And how we hold, I hold on. We all are humans. We hold on to stuff. And... Uh, and so I, you know, just kind of take a moment and exhale and, and, uh, cause, you know, we're always going to inhale, Laurel. It's mm-hmm. the exhale that's very important. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get stressed, I go, <gasps> and yeah. hold the breath. <laughs> so right. we want to exhale, nice long <laughs> exhalation and give it away to goodwill, Lilius, or, that's you know, right. and, uh, right. or to the church. And that's what I've, I find it, it's easier. Family, church, you know the blankets. Oh boy, is it? It's a. It's a. Uh, it's tough. It's. It's effort. Yes. As a spiritual uh, journey, as a spiritual exercise, which I love. Mm-hmm. So, in in our suitcase that we're bringing along on our yoga journey, another thing that you mentioned was self study or svadhyaya, mm-hmm. which includes asking the question that we've kind of already talked about. You know, who am I? Um, but I was wondering, so has your experience of self-study changed as you have aged? I think the, uh, how my, the self-study uh, has changed is, is I'm not so tough on myself. I mm. see that there's a part of me that beats myself up, and it could be a memory of 20 years ago, 40 years ago. And then I'll take it as a little technique as I'll put that, that memory of how I wished I could have, should have done it better and put it in a, in a bubble of light and then I'll let the light go like a balloon. And uh, if we could find a technique that w- would help us uh, with that s- self-study and, uh, and then it's just part of the process because I'm sure we all relate to being tough on ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and I think it too is you kind of wash your brain a little bit more. A lot of these old memories will come up, but what do we do with them? 
uh, some people love to give them into the hands of, of their spiritual teacher. That's a beautiful way of doing it. But then really let it go. Right. And sometimes I have to do that two or three times with certain, certain uh, old stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another practice, another detachment practice, right? Yes. Of just letting, letting go, yes. not just of our physical things, but also and of self- memories and, yeah, and, and self-criticism. Love- yeah. Yeah, and self-study is, is part of the who am I and who am I really. And uh, uh, as, as Swamiji would say, are you this temporary boat? No. Are you this impure mind? No. <laughs> but uh, I, I think we're probably more light and love than I have experienced yet. But I have seen glimpses. I know that that's this light that's, and love is beyond my comprehension, and I have heard the sound and uh, the, the heavenly sound of Om. Mm-hmm. And very interesting how the great teachers from the past, Om is in Amen, mm-hmm. it's in Shalom. Somebody knew something. And to describe the undescribable, and the sound is, it, and when somebody asked me what it sounded like, and I only heard it for a minute or so, it sounded to me like the song of a rainbow. Mm-hmm. If a rainbow that's, could sing, honey, that's how it, that's the sound of Om. Mm-hmm. So let's turn to our physical bodies, which obviously do change as we age, and that includes changes in our flexibility. Um, One of the things you talk about in your book is the fascia of the connective tissue that surrounds our muscles and really holds our bodies together. Um, How does fascia change as we age, and how can yoga help us deal with this? And that's one of the newer uh, uh, advancements, you might say, of yoga, uh, of fascia, bringing fascia into uh, physical health. And uh, it began with uh, some of the work done in hospitals that, uh, from healing, from injuries, and it was called proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. And it was how to, uh, to deal with injury and that when it did, in, when we stretch muscles, it's one thing, but stretching fascia that has been injured, that we had to do it differently. And uh, so my friend Larry Payne lives in California, wonderful therapist, physical, you know, yoga therapist. Uh, he and I talked about this, and I kind of turned it into uh, the three R's, resist, relax, restretch. And it's, it's a technique of working with fascia that is aging, and it does age and tighten. And if we've had injuries from 20 years ago or blah, 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 and it affects that, and, uh, you know, people get stiffer. And just to don't be discouraged, there are ways to, uh, to deal with this that are very, very comfortable and not painful at all, and they're very fun. And uh, it's just a resist, it's just pushing it into a joint gently, and then you hold that resistance, and then you relax, you breathe in, and then you restretch it. The, the body part. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope that, uh, I hope that uh, our folks at home can, can get a yoga therapist or, or teacher that is working. This is very dynamic. Of, it's more modern and uh, backed by science. Right. It so looks, just, to, way, just to go well, ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Interrupting. Uh, Fascia looks like uh, saran wrap. Mm. And it has sort of the texture of saran wrap, but not quite, but it has the texture of it. And muscles, as you know, has fibrous. But mm-hmm. saran wrap is something, you know, you, you, you pull it and then you release it. Muscles, and you can tap it. If you have to, your shoulders are tight, thighs are tight, you're getting a cramp in your legs, tap the muscle. And tap, and you're tapping the fascia, and the fascia softens and helps the muscle to relax. And that you can you do had- that anywhere. Very safe. You had a, a little exercise in your book that I was so interested in. So basically you said just, you know, turn and, and look uh, as far as you can, mm-hmm. you know, just look over one shoulder and then come back to the center. Now, now tap, open-handed tap of that shoulder 
um, just, you know, tap, 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 mm-hmm. and now look again over your shoulder. And it's amazing. You do actually look farther even after that just little bit of tapping. It was, it was a very interesting uh, experience. It is. And you can also do a little resistance. And it's fa- fascinating is to, when you sit up, your shoulders are parallel to your hips. And measure first, look over your right shoulder, and then come back to center. And then just press the, the inside of your thighs together. Press the perineum or pull the perineum crotch area up and just hold. That's the resistance. Ohm three, ohm four, ohm five, a little more maybe. Relax, second R, breath in, and then turn over your right shoulder and look how your neck is released from something that you did in the lower part of the body. How <laughs> amazing. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Feels good. Yes. So, um, so you, you really have, um, you know, written this book for people to be able to, you know, encourage them to start yoga at any time. So since we have just a couple of, you know, minutes here still before the break. So is it ever too late to, to start yoga? Well, my, my thought is if, if you're breathing, dear heart, you can do something. And this is where chair yoga has been uh, respected and developed and accepted as, yes, this is valid. You can do lots from a chair. Uh, move your spine in, in six directions from a chair. And too much sitting, they're telling you, uh, two minutes, sorry, two hours in the chair too, is too long. So get up and stand and walk and use the chair for a downward dog and uh, adapt. But don't omit and have some fun. There's lots of really good chair yoga around, and I, I, you know, I do this in airports, and I know that I'm peculiar and strange. But I'll go in, in the corner and, and do something, or even in an airplane. Oh my goodness, uh, my hamstrings! So you can do the hamstrings and uh, your knees from a seat, a chair. Oh, that's great. And once again, amazingly, we've come to a break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for a regular. Go- uh, regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. Today's guest is master yoga teacher and author Lilius Folan, host and co-producer of the PBS series Lilius, Yoga, and You. Lilius has written several books on yoga, including the one we're talking about today, Lilius Yoga, Your Guide to Enhancing Body, Mind, and Spirit in Midlife and Beyond. And her website is liliusyoga.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. Please stay with us. We'll be right back to explore freedom from fear. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour. 
Living the Eternal Way with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. My guest today is Lilius Folan, master yoga teacher and author of several books on yoga, including Lilius Yoga, Your Guide to Enhancing Body, Mind, and Spirit in Midlife and Beyond. Her website is liliusyoga.com. In this segment, we're going to be discussing freedom from fear. So, Lilius, aging, as we started to talk about a little bit in the last section, aging is often viewed negatively in our American culture. You write that our afternoon and sunset years actually have a value and purpose of their own, including becoming free of the fear of looking inward. What has your experience of this been? Uh, it's very interesting to read, to listen to my words of, what, 15 years ago? Because mm-hmm. right now is when I am experiencing uh, the sunset of my life, probably. And uh, honestly, my, my next birthday, I, I have to practice saying this, I'm going to be 80 years young. Wow. <laughs> yes, I know. So it, it really sort of going, okay, pause here, Louis. I'm looking at my own mortality and many of my, my friends around me and uh, just that whole subject. And, yes, I feel the discomfort of it and the fear that comes up. And then, once again, I go through the the practice of you're not this body and uh, and knowing that I am more light and love. I am that. And uh, I don't know that 100%, but I have seen glimpses, as I have said. I have seen glimpses. So those glimpses are not by accident and to to look at and to... Uh, I'm careful about talking about it because I don't want people to hear me, you know, as this big ego and and all of that. No, I'm I'm a travel on the journey with you and our listeners, and uh, and uh, we need each other. So that's the reason I I share it and talk about it. And no, I am not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can I tell you a little bit about moving from New York to Cincinnati? Because this is where I'm sure. From. Yeah, a couple. I moved here from now. I've been here almost forty years. But I talk about being fearful. I did not want to go from New York, where everything was happening, to uh, to Cincinnati. Bob Fullen says he can see my heel marks, you know, from Cincinnati <laughs> to Cincinnati. <laughs> well, we didn't sell our house, and very briefly, I I went to a psychic in New York. She was marvelous, and uh, to ask her when my house was going to sell, and she she had me. She sort of stand up. She said. You will sell your house when the tulips bloom. But I want to tell you one more thing. I see cameras and lights around you, and you'd better be ready. <laughs> she was right, that, huh? Yes, and it was so, it really, it just sort of lifted something because it's a, sort of a part of me that really enjoys, and I'm also a shy person, but I kind of felt this, whatever. So I came to Cincinnati, and that's when uh, PBS and the woman in my class and the, uh, went to her husband, who was the director of the, of the series, and said she'd be perfect. And so I did something uh, for, for WCET in Cincinnati, PBS in Ohio, and uh, in about a couple of months, it was in over 200 stations throughout the United States and, and in Canada. And I've been to Russia, where they, where they, have, where they teach yoga, and uh, all over the planet. And uh, it's just wonderful that we have brothers and sisters in that wonderful country of Russia, and they're so lovely. They're so kindly and generous and fun and not like uh, we've been made to think of. They are beautiful, beautiful lights. Mm. Mm. So yoga, the international language, huh? Oh, yes. And to teach a class in my English and then having it being simultaneously translated into Russian was an experience. I've never forgotten it. And so grateful because we came in as a conference as the walls were coming down in Russia. You know, they were throwing yoga books out the window. 
And uh, we, we, we did our classes in a little high school that smells a little too much of, of smoking, uh, but uh, this was something that was just part of Russia and I think is probably much better today. Mm-hmm. And, but I just love the country and uh, the people and hold that dear in my heart. So in your practice of yoga, as, as you've aged, uh, I'm sure that you've encountered barriers, as we all have. So what's the biggest barrier you've encountered in continuing to practice yoga as you age? I think my old injuries of uh, sort of knee issues and uh, also enthusiasm, because I've been doing it for so long. But what I, I really, I've learned is to be a really good student, Laurel, and to go in the back of the class of so many wonderful stu- uh, studios now here in Cincinnati, and I, I learn something every single time I go, and that's what keeps my enthusiasm going. I take notes and uh, uh, just so so grateful. Even you know some of the things that were said so many years ago are still hold truth and light and energy, and that's what makes it so interesting. Is that it's still energizing. And one thought that I know we're coming to the end of our time together, but was from one of my teachers, Dr. Jean Klein. And Jean said, welcome all that comes to you this day and feel welcomed by it. Such an important thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To feel welcomed by it. When this, I just, you know, you look at the newspaper, what blah, 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 what goes on. Okay, welcome all that comes to you this day and feel welcomed by it. And I have kept that little mantra in my heart for many, many, many years, and it still is exciting and growing and guiding me, and I hope it helps our viewers and all who listen. That's great. You know, we, we, were, we were talking a, a bit earlier about, you know, is it ever too late to, you know, begin yoga, and I just wanted to return to that because I think it's clear to our listeners, uh, listeners to this show, that, you know, yoga is so much more than the physical postures, and you've already said that, you know, certainly you can begin the physical postures. Maybe it's chair yoga. Maybe it's an adapt- adaptation, but you really can. There's something you can do, even physically at any, at any age. And then there's all of the other practices that are so deep and so rich. And really that also gets better with age as we explore, you know, these things that we were talking about packing in our suitcase as we explore mm-hmm. self study. Um, you're certainly never too late, you know, to begin the practice of self-study or to begin the practice of, of as you're saying, you know, letting go of of, uh, of uh, detachment of so what, many things. Yes, so. Laura, what I see too in my classes, what comes again and again, are men and women uh, that have arthritis that are, uh, and they're bravely coming to class. And I, this is where I really love to shift gears and you know, support, and if you can't do it this way, try it that way. And a lot of times, if we do, like, something knees to chest and something for the hips, do it on a bed, mm-hmm. and it counts as something. And you don't have to get down on the floor. Uh, just, you know, bend your knee, bring the knee into your chest, but do it yogically, you know, with the breathing and slowly listening to your body, no pain. But that's uh, that's such a challenge, and I empathize so much. I think I'm sure all yoga teachers do. Because uh, some of these injuries, uh, and they want to keep walking, and and yes, this is, and I feel they've got such courage, and you can, and and check it out with your doctor, of course, and maybe do some actual other kinds of therapies too. The yoga is a little different because we do it slowly with awareness, no pain, and with your breathing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. with awareness. Yeah. That's with the key. awareness. And uh, I have to, you know, listen to my own uh, issues of, but uh, I know if I don't lose use it, I, I I really lose it. And I've done it so long that I can get complacent. And uh, come on, Lil, can't do that. You uh, keep on going. So I'm a big, grown, overgrown student, and I love the study. Yeah, that's great. That's a, I think that openness to being a student perhaps is one of the things that helps keep us young. So yes, yes. Yeah. 
One of the, uh, and some before we close, and I, if, if we are, why don't we kind of close and if you, with a little uh, inner smile, and that is something that never is ageless, is, is reading to, in, in the book about the inner smile, and I've got CDs and stuff on it, uh, but it's, uh, it's from the Taoist tradition, so it's considered a very positive energy, whereas anger and fear deplete, but that inner smile that is connected with with energy of gratitude and thank you, start your day, middle of the day, and let the corners of your lips turn up slightly, and the cheeks lift to lift just just a little bit, and then connect it with a genuineness. What are you grateful for, dear friend? What are you thankful for right now? And connect it with that. It's a very healing energy. It will heal you. It also heals others when, when, who are in need as well. But it is a practice, the inner smile, and that is a meditation that is everybody, I hope, will take away from this time together is practice it and then sit with it in quiet, your grounding of your feet and your hands and a little smile on your lips and tongue floats and then connect it down into the center of your heart. It's called the cave of the heart. Thank you, thank you. I'm mm. so grateful, and we can all find something to be grateful for. Yes. Wow, that was just a lovely, lovely way to, to close the show. So, Lilius Folan, thank you so much once again for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Let's all join our smiles together right now, Laurel, you and me and our wonderful sound gentlemen and all the folks who are listening. Join <laughs> us with a smile, and you'll see. Take it on home with you. Blessings, <laughs> blessings, blessings. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing Ageless Wisdom, Lifelong Yoga Practice with special guest Lilius Folan, master teacher and author of several books on yoga. Her website is liliusyoga.com. Join us next week for The Language of the Gods, What Sanskrit Can Offer Us Today. Students of yoga philosophy, meditation, asana, and the breathing exercise pranayama frequently encounter Sanskrit, the original language of yoga. Indira and Shanta Bulkin, founders of the East-West Sanskrit Institute, will join Yogacharya O'Brien in a conversation about the many benefits of studying Sanskrit. Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization. And you can find out more about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.org. You can still register for the class, the online or in-person in San Jose, California class, Live the Eternal Way. Spiritual Realization and Fulfilled Living. This is a weekly class that began this week and runs through November 17th. Live the Eternal Way, once again, is available online as well as at the CSE Center in San Jose, California. You can register by clicking the link on the front page at csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org.
Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 